Hello, and welcome back to our latest installment of Eye for an Eye. We are your hosts, Julia, Lisa, and Matt, and we are here to determine whether the punishment, or lack thereof, fits the crime. In our podcast, we examine cases to decide if we believe the outcome of the legal proceedings was fair and justice was met. We always love and appreciate feedback for the purposes of creating discussion, and we also want to hopefully help bring some closure to these more heart-wrenching crimes. Please feel free to comment or inquire with us and create a discussion. We are also a totally organically grown podcast. We have a Patreon page, merchandise with our logos, and a Facebook page, which we encourage all our listeners to check out to participate in these discussion boards, because that's the best way we grow and network with our friends and listeners in the true crime community. Due to the graphic nature of some of the topics we will be touching on, listener discretion is advised. Hello! Welcome back! We in this! Hi everybody, it's your girl Lisa. I'm here with Jules and Matt. Whoop whoop! Hi! Hi for our podcast coming at you with another amazing episode. Also heart-wrenching episode, also crazy episode. Uh, but you know how we do it here. We like to talk about uh, the things that people... Don't like to talk about Jenny. Although I was gonna, I was gonna say that, but I, true crime's pretty popular. So. No, yeah, but I mean, like we have those difficult conversations. You yeah. know, we're the ones at the end of the day deciding: does the punishment fit the crime? Do yeah. you feel like justice was actually met? And that's not an easy. I mean, a lot of people talk about these cases, right? Mm-hmm. I think we set ourselves apart because we're making a decision at the very end, right? Like we're not just discussing; we're deciding. We are judge, jury. I've never killed oh, I anybody. Calls Judge Judy. Dun, dun. <laughs> I fucking love Judge Judy though. Yeah, I, Judy. A, I would be honored to be in the same category as maybe Judge we get her on the show. Probably oh, cost yeah. us a billion dollars. But, but today we are going to talk about Arthur Gary Bishop. And that was like his birth name, his given name. Um, during his crime spree, he went by uh, an alias Roger Downs. I would try my best to have consistency with names or whether I'm talking about Bishop or Downs you know it's my, it's my man just so if you guys know if I ever go on a crime spree I'm not changing my name from Matt to Roger I'm going with something like Benicio or something really fucking cool but I think he's cool. trying to blend in maybe I'm, go, I'm still going with Benicio like like I think Benicio Del Toro is probably the coolest name yeah. of all time so I'm just going to call myself that if I'm out here I mean, this crime. He's so a director. We'll get to Isn't it, but like these. What? Oh no, Benicio's the actor. Guillermo's the director. Nice, and actually, Guillermo's a pretty cool ass name too. Yeah. So yeah. But see, that wouldn't blend in in the time. So that's what I was going to say. We'll get into it, but like these crimes were happening in the late seventies and eighties. So and like, in Utah, so not exactly in the place either. I'm pretty sure he'd be the only Benicio del right, Toro. Right. Right. So Roger like was a. Uh, uh, Geographical choice. He's like, that guy's name's Roger, and so is that guy. So I'm Roger. And then his nickname is Roger, but his real name is Joe. You know? Yeah, right. Okay, sure. Bro, who the fuck gave you guys these names? Arthur's a pretty badass name. I like Arthur. It reminds me of the Joker. Reminds me of the Aardvark. Yeah. And DW, the best <gasps> yeah. bitches ever. With the fist. Why? Yeah, yeah you're, you're just talking about the meme. I'm talking about the show. No, I love, love the show with DW. Yeah, great show. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, DW. What was his friend's name? 
He's a bunny. The, the bunny. Wait, his name was uh, Buster. 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 Yeah. See, that's a cool nickname. Yeah. Arthur, go with Buster. Yeah. Like, that's a badass Brand nickname. Like, like, Doc wasn't available. Like, yeah. Skip. Junior, yeah. like one of those, you know, typical. Well, Rogers, listen, Rogers, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that. So that Buster was. Would not I guess that's what he was going for. You start calling right? yourself Buster Brown. Buster Brown. I feel like motherfuckers would be like, who? Buster <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's let's Buster dive right Bishop. in. Let's that do was, it. Sorry for that. Though. No, no, no. It was. We had to give it, get it out. Yeah. So Arthur Gary Bishop was born September 29th, 1952, in Hinkley, Utah. He was the oldest of six brothers. Uh, Bishop was raised a devout LDS, Latter-day Saint Mormon. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Big um, yikes. I feel like that hey. is like the beginning of a lot of stories. No offense to the religion. All about freedom of religion right. and all about Mormonism. Y'all are cool as ever. Actually, one of my dad's best friends is a devout Mormon. They're great people. I just am not... It's just like at the top of a lot of crime stories, we he- we hear people talking about like being part of the LDS church. It seems a little like a cult. Oh. It sounds like it, at least, but yeah. we won't get into that. Yeah. It just sound- it- it's a little. Religion's kind of a cult. Religion is a cult, uh, yes. right? Yeah, like honestly. Catholicism, like, we're pretty culty. 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 All right, look, we're Penn State fans. That's a fucking oh. cult. Yeah, that's, okay? yeah, that's a pretty big that's cult. That's a cult. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm part of that one. Yeah. And I'm on the outside of that one, and it's. Oh, cold. Lisa, remind me. That and the twelve tribes. I have, to talk, I have to ask you a question about lizard people. Lizard people. Yeah. Okay, after that, we won't get into that. Oh, okay. Man. So, anyway. do you think one's in your house? No, no, no. <sighs> Working in your house. Can we do a lizard people? Yes, I would love to. Oh, okay. Man. So when Arthur was 19, he served as a missionary. He went to the Philippines. He was an Eagle Scout. He was an honor student, college grad. Like you know, he was a good guy. I don't know where things took a turn. Well, I do. Well, I'll tell you. We'll get there. I didn't know. So things were not always sunshine and butterflies in Arthur's life, obviously, or we wouldn't be talking about him. Mm -mm. In October of 1978, the LDS LDS Church excommunicated bishops. See, that's where it gets culty. Do Catholics excommunicate people? Yep. Oh, we we do. Yep. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Dude, dude. <laughs> let me just, hold on, Jules. Let me just say okay, they do. I'm gonna just chime in. They do. I am no so does longer. Does that happen in Judaism? Or do people get excommunicated? There are certain things that you can do that you can be expelled from your faith. Yeah. I don't know why you probably have to kill someone. I don't think. Isn't divorce considered something like where you're no. really not you're supposed to be excommunicated? One of our rabbis is in the middle of a divorce. I don't oh, think you get excommunicated, even. In Catholicism, I think they're just like you're going to hell. You definitely no, you definitely can be excommunicated. They, I, hand I have, you, they hand you a ticket to hell, maybe. If you're like a pedophile, I feel like you'd be excommunicated. No, they, like I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't like pull like a random name out of my ass right now, but I know that they have excommunicated people from the Catholic okay. Church. Okay, like, I guess just thing. that term very much is um, Scientology to mm-hmm. me, so that's where mm-hmm. I. Uh, anyway, that, that also sounds a lot like a cult. Yeah, that is a hundred different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the reason that. Um, Arthur was excommunicated from the church was because in February of that year or so earlier on, he was arrested and later convicted for embezzling $8,714 from a used car dealership. He pleaded guilty and was convicted. He seemed to have re- to show remorse and be repentant of his crimes, but despite that, he skipped town, dodged his parole, and fled to Salt Lake City, which is where the alias became Roger Downs. While in Salt Lake City, Bishop's so now going by Roger Downs, so I'm going to try to switch. 
Roger joined the Big Brother program. Another yikes. Yeah. Big gigs. Big, Big gigs if you are all caps. All caps. Anybody who knows that program real quick too, like do we talk about what that program is? Big brother, big sister. Yeah, like it, for those who are on a great program. Great program. That's why and, I want to. We're not yikesing the program. I want to. I want to shed light on that. That is a fantastic mentorship program. Absolutely. I yeah, absolutely. And I think our sorority worked with them in college, and you know, becoming a mentor. Yeah. So becoming a mentor, whether you're a big brother or a big sister, kind of like adopting, you know, children who need support and guidance and friendships even sometimes you know so the fact that roger fled his crimes to join that pro i don't know it's just another yikes another red flag in my book obviously nobody was you know suspecting downs of child molestation because why would they but later on dozens of children would go on to accuse him of abuse after he was arrested for murder so that those accusations came out after that's what you know obviously he had this great past why would anyone not even child molestation but anything just a plain guy even the the issue with the car dealership we all make mistakes so who knows you know exactly what was going on there Wherever Bishop settled, his charisma lured children into spending time around him, joining him on camping expeditions, etc., etc. Gross, gross, gross. This gives me heavy John Wayne Gacy vibes. Yeah, we should never, like, pretty much, um, unless they are your children, your friend's children, or your family, like, you probably really shouldn't be, like, choosing to hang out with children or inviting children to hang out yeah, with us. This is inappropriate. It's inappropriate. There's yeah, boundaries. there's definitely <laughs> there's a line. It's like, I'll be the uncle to all the strangers. No, 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 no. There's definitely a line. Like, I've said this to my dad, right? Like, my dad's one of those guys. He's like, oh, I love Kit. And he's not weird in any way. He's never done anything right. to be like, you know, that. But, but he's just super friendly to right. the point where it's like, not everybody wants you to yeah. be that friendly with right. their child. Like, you don't need to be... You know, like, oh, can I pick them up? Oh, can I show them this on my phone? You're like, right. and no, leave an my animal. kid alone. Right, like, right. You know, there's just a, there's just a. Uh, Are you fucking kidding me, Lisa? I don't even like kids. I would not be good at being like <laughs> someone's little bro- big brother. I'd be like, kid, shut the fuck up and get out of here. Yeah, I'm so watching anyway, something. Um, these children who you know were spending time with Roger and going on these camping expeditions had no idea the monster was no longer hiding under their bed, but in plain sight. All right. I like that buildup, though. Yeah. So uh, that, um, yeah, was we're getting we're really gonna dive in now. So we, I will um, place a trigger warning from pretty much now until the end of the episode. We will be talking about the death of young children. So if that's something you don't want to listen to in this particular episode. Give us, you know, give it a skip and try something else. So get a little skip, skip. It's a little skippy skip. So Bishop's first victim was four-year-old Alonzo Daniel. Oh my God. Um, on October fourteenth, nineteen seventy-nine, Bishop lured Alonzo to his apartment with the promise of candy. Literally, like the staple. Yeah, literally, like what they tell you to, to avoid. Roger attempted to undress and fondle Alonzo in his living room. He panicked when Alonzo began to cry and threatened to tell his mom. Roger clubbed the child with a hammer, but it failed to stop Alonzo's crying. He then carried Alonzo into the bathroom and drowned him in the tub. Afterward, he stuffed Alonzo's corpse into a large cardboard box and carried it out to his car past Alonzo's mother as she was pacing the courtyard of their apartment complex, calling out his name. Uh. This is like 
awful. Literally awful. First of all, a little teeny tiny baby whose body fit in a cardboard box. Later that afternoon, uh, Salt Lake County's search and rescue team joined the search for Alonzo. Hundreds of civilians, students and faculty from the University of Utah, everyone came out to help search for this little four-year-old baby. It's literally so sad. Police questioned hundreds of people, but no one outside his family acknowledged seeing the boy. Roger's next victim was 11-year-old Kim Peterson, and I just will um, let everyone know that's a male Kim, um, just to keep in context and you know, kind of talk about stick the to the profile. Right, mm-hmm. right. So this was now November 8th of 1980, so a little bit over a year had passed. Um, and Bishop met Kim at a roller skating rink. So again, a sign of the times. They talked about skates. Kim mentioned that he would like to sell his skates and buy a new pair. And Bishop, sorry, Downs, told Kim that he would pay $35 for the skates. Roger meets Kim at the roller skating rink. You know, they're talking, they're chit-chatting. Oh, you're looking for new skates? I'll buy your old ones. You know, just sick and gross. So that was November 8th. On November 9th, Kim left home with the skates intending to sell them, telling his parents he found a buyer promising to come right home after, which sadly he never did. When his parents noticed that Kim didn't come home on time, they called the police and they arrived at the Peterson home um, right around sundown. So luckily, because all of these victims are children, the police are getting involved like pretty quickly. Another search began, including a canvas of skaters from the rink where Kim had presumably met his abductor, right? Like we knew he was selling the skates, so the likely perpetrator of the crime let's start at the skating rink and kind of go from there several witnesses recalled a youth of peterson's description talking to a man aged 25 to 35 full-faced with glasses wearing blue jeans and an army style jacket or parka so lisa based off that picture you were looking at do you think that fits the crime age does he looked about age 25 to 35 i mean that's a big range probably looks like he's 45. Two witnesses agreed to be hypnotized. And this comes up again later on in this case, which I think is so bizarre and cool, but also bizarre. Um, So they agreed to be hypnotized, and the session produced further details, telling investigators that the person that was talking to Kim was dark hair with bushy eyebrows, a weight around 200 pounds. Another skater from the park claimed that the man had driven away in a silver Chevy Camaro with out-of-state license tags, perhaps from Nevada. So wait, let me back up for one minute. I was just going to say, can we? I have a question too, but go ahead, Jules. Well, so he was born in Utah, and Salt Lake City is in Utah, so it's unlikely that he would have out-of-state plates, correct? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean... Did he have, move and come back? Could have gotten new plates, but... Could he have been putting new plates on his car? That's a possibility as well. So, regardless of the plates, regardless of the hypnosis, all of the leads were useless. And, unfortunately, police, at this point at least, saw no similarities between their suspect and Roger Downs, who lived several blocks from the Peterson home. The police questioned him several times, but still made no connection to that or to Alonzo's case. Little did they know that Roger had bludgeoned Kim Peterson to death and buried his corpse near Alonzo's. So that's something else we're going to notice throughout this case, the return to the burial site. So are we going to call him Bishop? I know. I, in my, I realized in my notes I called him Bishop. And 
I mean, it's almost the same person. We yeah, it's almost the same person. Yeah. What's his name, though? Arthur. He goes by Arthur his Bishop. Real, At this given yeah. name is Arthur Bishop. Right. He goes by Roger. At this point in his life, he's introducing himself to people as Roger Depp. Because he's on the run. Can he's I just say, and I'd like this to be on the record, I don't give a fuck what name he went by. If he didn't like the name Arthur, I think we should call him Arthur Arthur. Arthur Arthur Arthur. Because he had three names, Arthur. Yeah, Bishop. he's Arthur, 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 Arthur. You sick fuck. But okay, so we'll refer to him as Arthur just to keep it. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it by Roger. Yeah, this it's hard. Okay, so 11 months passed. So our rate of like crime is picking up a little Accelerating. Bit. Yeah, yep. it was a little and, bit And that's part here. of the pattern, right? Yep. They always kind of, no, I hate to say they always is, and that's a generalization. Well, but it's like, I'm going to, I got, I got away with this once. I got away with this twice. Particularly child predators. Yeah. They ramp up, and then there's a cooling off period, and then yeah. they ramp up faster, and then there's a shorter cooling off period and ramp up faster, right. and it continues throughout the process, which is awful. Yeah. 11 months passed before Bishop killed again. He was shopping at a local grocery store on October 20th, 1981, when he saw four-year-old Danny Davis was fumbling with the grocery store's gumball machine. Like, I literally feel like every time my mom made me go grocery shopping with her, I'd be like, okay, but I gotta get a gumball. I was just thinking that's, like, not even a strange occurrence. Right. Not even a gumball. What those, like, little sticky hand things? Right, anything, anything from the little machine. Like, give me a quarter, and I will be so happy. I probably wasted a lot of quarters. Oh, for sure. My parents were good to me. Yeah. But so another interesting thing to point out, I think, is so we started with the four-year-old, and then we went up in age, and now we're back down to four, so... Uh, just something to keep in mind um so um arthur did offer to give danny candy but he refused then arthur gave up and rose to leave the store but glanced back and saw that danny was trailing him towards the exit that's heartbreaking i know it's really sad because he you could tell like well at least i'm assuming that you could tell like he was like i know i'm not supposed to but I want candy. Yeah. No, I want, you Just know. a little kid, like. Which is really sad. Oh, it's so, so sad. Four years old, dude. Yeah. So Arthur waited for the boy and then led him towards the parking lot. Um, Danny's grandmother became alarmed when she finished her shopping and couldn't find Danny. She called for the store's manager. Store employees and customers started to search for Danny, but unfortunately, they were already too late. So I mentioned that earlier. I, I think a lucky air quote, like part of all this is that the victims were so young so when his grandmother said hey i can't find my four-year-old grandson like people were quick to act everybody yeah, they jumps up yeah. yep yeah it, we talked about this before these these fucking predator types i mean they got away with so much before video surveillance oh, became sure. a thing you know yeah. like it, what do you do now if this happens Go check the tapes. Yeah. Where or was the even, kid last seen? Even cell phones, because maybe I mean, probably, right? Not these four-year-olds, but like an eleven-year-old probably would have a cell phone in today's day and age. So police launched one of the biggest searches in Salt Lake County history. Their search team looked through neighborhoods, fields, and nearby mountains. Divers dredged ponds and lakes. Shoppers near the supermarket where Danny vanished agreed to undergo hypnosis again in an effort to uncover details of the abductor. Flyers were printed offering a $20,000 reward. The FBI was even involved, but they were unable to find any trace of Danny. Searchers fanned out through the nearby desert and mountains. Nothing. Nothing. Could not find a trace. So at this time of year, so because we're talking um, October and we're in Utah, the temperatures were really cold and they could drop into the 30s overnight. Danny was last seen wearing only a t-shirt, blue jeans, and sandals. Sandals may have been 
not the best choice at that time of year. But regardless, he was not prepared to be anywhere but inside wearing what he was last seen wearing. After Arthur had molested Danny, he silenced the boy's cries by pinching his nostrils and covering his mouth until he eventually died. The next day, Bishop made another trip to Cedar Fort, leaving his third victim in his sick little graveyard. So sick. Disgusting. Truly. June 22nd, 1983. So let me look, do a little mythy math. So that was two years. So like there was another big longer gap there. We have our next victim, Troy Ward. So again, this was June 22nd, 1983. And Troy Ward was celebrating his sixth birthday. Troy went to the park to meet a friend at 4 p.m. And they were going to play. And the friend's parents were going to drive Troy home afterwards where presents and cake were waiting for him. Four o'clock came and went, and there was no sign of Troy. So the friend and the mom drove to Troy's house, you know, figuring, okay, well, if he's not here at this agreed-upon waiting spot, then, you know, he must be at home. But unfortunately, he was not there either. Another thing, Matt, to your point earlier that I think is, like, if you're sending a six-year-old out to meet someone, then it might be a case of, like, okay, take a phone with yeah, you. Yeah, have something so right. we can call you, right? right? Or the mom of this friend who was supposed to meet Troy calling Troy's mom to be like, hey, he's not at the meeting He hasn't spot. been here, right? Right. And, you know, is he delayed? What's going on? Yep. Like I said, when they got to Troy's house, the friend of the mom was not there either. Police were called immediately, and officers started searching a grid of the streets around Troy's house in the park. One witness recalled a boy of Troy's description leaving the area with a man a few minutes prior to 4 o'clock. So it seems that he was there and he was waiting, which is when he crossed paths with Arthur. The man and the boy seem to be at ease with one another, which I think is so creepy and gross. And the witnesses and witnesses actually assumed that the pair were father and son. By now, though, you got to think he's got experience with this. Oh, for sure. He knows how to talk to these kids yeah. to get them to trust him. Because it's like, like that is it's so creepy. But it's like, how do you know when something like this is happening? Especially if you're that good at pretending like you're part of the family. Like, right. how would anyone on the outside be like this? Is not the kids like how do you determine right. that you know and like, that goes back to the whole it. conversation we i feel like we have every time that we're together about see something say something well if Sounds i see right. a young boy with a man to be about like the age that a father could be like do i intervene probably not unless i like feel like there's something of distress but like i don't know you're right lisa like how would you know that something's awry if they're <laughs> seeming to be at ease with one another which i think like i said is creepy Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Arthur repeated his grim ritual of fondling Troy and molesting him, and he later told a detective that he was considering letting Troy go after that while he was still alive, but a last-minute threat to report the assault changed his mind. So we noticed that multiple times with Arthur Gary Bishop. He is like, when when these children are threatening to tell, that's like kind of like a trigger and sets him you know further over the edge. So creepy. But it makes me wonder, like, I mean... Fuck his intent. Who cares what his intent was? Yeah. Because he's a monster. But like, was he just genuinely like, 
nervous? Like, did he kill out of right. nerves? Was or it did he kill because like, that was part of it? Yeah. Or did he kill was it more of like a pedophilia that yeah. developed because he was like, they threatened to tell him. I don't know, Lisa, but like you said, it's regardless. Um, because one month later, on July 14th, Bishop killed his final victim, 13-year-old Graham Cunningham. So we've really picked up the pace here. So this is the camping, and it's it's weird. So Graham was going on this camping trip for the weekend and was really excited. His, he had his gear all packed, and he was buzzing with the sense of adventure. If Graham was troubled by the disappearance of Troy Ward just three weeks earlier, he you know definitely hit it well it gave him no pause in his plans he was you know excited and i can understand that especially as a 13 year old being excited to go camping and yeah that's what you look forward to as a kid like little trips like that well right and you have to think oh you know this six-year-old who went missing that has nothing to do with me you know if you feel like 13 you're like so full of yourself and like self-absorbed and mm-hmm. you know to no fault of graham obviously i'm not stating that but i can understand why he didn't you know, wouldn't have been troubled by the disappearance. So he would be camping with a classmate and an adult chaperone, one Arthur Gary Bishop. Oh my God, how does this man become a chaperone in yeah. all these places? Yeah. that That's the truly frightening thing. It's like, yeah, he's been questioned for multiple potential right. homicides of but children. But let's let him chaperone. Yeah, seems yeah. to be the perfect fit. Yeah, um, so Graham, unfortunately, would never make it to the camp out. And he vanished from his neighborhood without a trace Thursday afternoon. His parents were alarmed when he failed to report home for dinner that day, and his disappearance made statewide news. Bishop came calling to offer Cunningham's mother any support that she needed. How sick. See, this is where I think it crosses... Not that, you know, the the previous crimes aren't awful, but I think to me, like... The interaction that he has with Graham's family at this point in time crosses a whole other boundary of like being sick and twisted. To show up to his mom and try to offer her support at this, like, while you are you are the reason that she's suffering. Yeah, that happens a lot in cases they want to insert themselves. I was just thinking that, least, yeah, it's like not uncommon Bell. for a, right. a perpetrator like this to somehow try to inject themselves in. Right, the but I think this is where he got too big for his britches because that's what I'm saying. Like this didn't he didn't really have that interaction with any of the other victims' families. Yeah, um, so that's later, a confident. Right, right, too disgusting. full of himself. So later on, while he was in custody, Arthur um, would tell detectives that his offer to help was sincere, stating, I wanted to help her. I just didn't know how to tell her that I had killed her son. Literally awful. Finally, police started connecting the dots. Finally. And saw that Bishop lived within the vicinity of the four abductions and knew of the fifth child's parents. So, like... Two plus two equals four, Lisa. Police brought Bishop in for questioning on the pretext of assisting officers with Graham's disappearance. So I think that was a really smart move for the police at that point to bring him, to lure him in almost under the the false, like, help. You know, we need your help. Come, you know, come talk to us. At this station, police managed to obtain Roger Down's real name. So at that point, they had his true identity of Arthur Gary Bishop and eventually got him to confess to all five murders. Clearly, he was a tough nut to crack. Um, <laughs> That's funny, but it's always like, fuck. Maybe that same sense of panic he had earlier when the children, you know, threatened to tell. It was like, oh, you know, they got me. Anyway. 
And they finally got his real name, too. Right. Like, that right... Okay, sorry, again, I keep coming back to this, but that right there is a trigger warning to me. Like, bro, why won't you use your real name? Right. Why are you going by a completely different but very common name? Not even something cool like Like Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, the next day, Bishop led the police to three skeletons near Cedar Fort and two more recent corpses near Big Cottonwood Creek. And continuing investigation revealed that Bishop had molested scores of other children throughout the year. So this is what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Sparing their lives for reasons only he knows, unfortunately. He had, he did mention with Troy that he thought about letting him go, but changed his mind. But for these other children, unfortunately, they just were victims of his sick molestation. But at least they walked away with their lives. Several parents had knowledge of his activities, but none had come forward while the four-year search for a child killer was in progress. A search of Bishop's home uncovered a revolver and a bloody hammer, snapshots of one victim taken after his abduction, and various other photographs of nude boys focusing on their torsos to prevent identification. Gross. Let's talk about sentencing. Let's chat about it. Chat it up. So Arthur Gary Bishop was charged with five counts of capital murder, five counts of kidnapping, two counts of forcible sexual assault, and one count of sexually abusing a minor. The latter charges applied only to his most recent victims because forensic evidence of sexual assault was still available. So that was something that first I was confused Mm -hmm. about because we're talking about five counts of murder, five counts of this, and then the last charges of sexual assault and sexual abuse were because of the lack of evidence that was still available at the time. So really, uh, really, you know, when it boils down to it, murder was the only count that mattered. If the state could prove its case, the charge would send him to death. So not that those charges are any less or worse, because I would probably argue that they're worse, especially since we're talking about children. But in the grand scheme, if we, could, if we can charge him for murder, he's going to be sentenced to death. Bishop's defense team had no realistic hope of winning acquittal for their client. There was really, you know... Like we said earlier, two plus two is four. There's no hidden variables. There's no reasonable doubt. No, it's, I mean, he confessed. Right. He, he led yeah. them to the body. So like, this isn't pretty, one where it's like, yeah. we don't know. It's like a Yeah. So his confession had guaranteed a life behind bars, but Bishop's lawyer tried to argue for a conviction of, on manslaughter charges rather than first-degree murder with arguments that Bishop's emotional and psychological deficits drove him to kill. Yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that at length, but... Yeah, and so there was a lot of this um, in the research that I found, but I kind of tried to only include enough to to make the point, but not, like, beat the dead horse. Belabor it, yeah. Right, I think it's irrelevant. So Bishop's lawyer told the courts that Art, meaning Arthur, Art, um, became, for some reason, stuck or fixated with sexual attraction to little boys. He never outgrew those erotic feelings. He was a lonely, frightened child. One of the reasons that Bishop acted the way that he did was our favorite thing to blame, pornography. An expert witness on the subject, Dr. Victor Klein, was called by the defense to testify that porn had warped Bishop's mind to the extent that he could not resist his attraction to children or the killing urges that followed. So, Which like said, porno was it that he watched where the kid got fucked and then murdered, though? That's the one I want to yeah. know. Where, where, where was that in the line? Right. I think as a society, we are becoming more accepting and open about pornography because it's not, like you said, Matt, we're not like killing people at the end. Yeah. You know, it's not how... Apparently the porn he was watching. Oh, right. Yeah. right. He's like, so I went I to a weird section of the store. Like, what? Yeah. 
So I wanted to include that in the case because I'm guessing they it did, wasn't just like vanilla porn, like between a man and a woman. It was probably like well, yeah, you got to assume he did something. Right. But th- this was pre dark web though. At least think about that. I mean, he wasn't. He was getting this from somewhere. He wasn't going. Well, right. Yeah, this was the seven been around for a long time. No, I know, but I'm saying like this was like I'm talking more about the pornography aspect of it. Like there, no, you can't go on Google. Like, like, right. Well, he was born in the fifties. This happened guys, in 1980, in the early right. 1980s, so he didn't right. have, like, the internet. There yeah, was no, like... There probably was a way to get child Oh, I'm sure, yeah, no, 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 I'm just saying, like, I guess my question is more of, like, where are you going to turn and blame porn, honestly? Right. Like, that doesn't, like, yeah. yeah, that shit all exists on the dark web, and I'm sure some of it existed then, but you're going to tell me that that's what... I, I don't know. Yeah. Again, so, terrible. Like I said, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go too far down that path because I think it's horseshit. But I do want to include it because they used it to try to get a lesser sentence for a bishop. So, in an interview, um, Bishop later stated, "I am a homosexual pedophile convicted of murder, and pornography was a determining factor in my downfall." For me, seeing pornography was like lighting a fuse on a stick of dynamite. I became stimulated and had to gratify my urges. If pornographic material would have been unavailable to me in my early stages, it is most probable that my sexual activities would not have escalated to the degree they did. It's weird having someone admit all that like craziness. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like he's coming to terms with it himself is kind of what creeps me out. Like, he's he's literally rationalizing yeah. it. He's like, yeah, so, I mean, I am this, I did that. But I agree with Jules' um, bullshit excuse. Yeah, I, I, totally. But right. it's like he, it's like his coming to terms with it is kind of like the next phase where it's like... Right, like, that's all good and great for you, but it doesn't change the fact right. that you're a monster. Garbage. Um, and so the jury wasn't buying his pornography rationale either. The jury, I think it's important to note, was made, uh, made up of five men and seven women. Um, at Bishop's six-week trial in 1984, they convicted him on five counts of capital murder, five counts of aggravated kidnapping, and one count of sexually abusing a minor. And I think what that boils down to, um, like I had mentioned earlier, was the forensic evidence that was available at the time. So only portions of Bishop's taped confessions were played in the court in the courtroom during the guilt phase of trial, but the jurors heard it all during the penalty phase. They listened, stoned face or even weeping, while Bishop giggled, sometimes lapsing into a falsetto voice to mimic a dying boy's plea for mercy. That's sick. That's sick stuff right there. It's horrifying. That's sick. So it was no surprise to anyone when the jury recommended execution and the judge condemned Bishop from the bench. State law gave Bishop the choice between execution by a firing squad or lethal injection. Without a second thought, he chose the needle. Hmm. The clincher to Hmm. me was this statement. From Bishop. I'm glad they caught me because I'd do it again. Oh, sick fuck. So, convicted and sentenced to die, Bishop waived all appeals. So, like, he's at least not trying to argue. Like, he's stating it was the porn, but it's not like, oh, blame the porn. Porn, don't blame me. I don't know. So I thought at least, you know, he wasn't trying to put up a fight there. He met with his parents for the last time on June 8th, 1988, where they fasted and prayed. As the Mormons... I guess do. This was um, a quote from a Mormon bishop who stated, um, it's unbelievable how calm and cool he is. Even the guards can't understand it. Adult with thousands of inmates in 33 years, and he's the most sorrowful and repentant and remorseful man I've ever seen. Yeah, cool, I guess. But like, but where... is he though if he said he would do it again? Yeah, he literally yeah. said, like, I'm sorry he's, you know, he feels bad about that. I obviously take that into account. And again... 
great that he kind of realized he was committing all these crimes and that he came to terms with it. But where was that rationale when you were killing a child, bro? Right. Or the fourth or fifth child? Or when you said you would do it again. Yeah. Right. Um, what comes to mind is quote <laughs> from Holes. This is not funny. When he's like, I'm tired of taking grandma. That's and too that's damn bad. bad. You keep right. digging. Yep. You can feel as remorseful as you want, that's but too that's bad. too damn bad because it doesn't change the fact that you killed and molested multiple children. Sick. Yeah. Arthur Gary Bishop was executed by lethal injection on June 9th, 1988. So, I think we probably all have a similar opinion on this one, but what do you guys uh, think? Oh, uh, can I, can I? Take it away okay. okay. from Matt's classic. Should the question rather be, would it have been more fitting for him to be killed by lethal injection or firing squad? Because those were the options he was given. If he I don't know. If, um, oh, man. If, no. Would it be better one way or the other? I'm just surprised at what he chose, to be honest. Uh, I think I'd rather have a lethal injection than be like shot by a firing squad. You'd die much quicker, though. Like, apparently there's a lot of issues with lethal injection, like not working, being actually really painful, but you can't tell because they paralyze you. I, I wouldn't say it's a lot, but it does happen. The numbing agent is what you're talking about, and sometimes that doesn't always work. Sometimes, like, people agent, feel paralyzed. No, that's what it is, but it's, like, literally, same thing. Numbing agent is literally takes everything out but of don't you, so, think, like... even if you die well, from your gunshot, it still you can't move. Yeah, and it, like, the feeling goes away. Like, that's the thing. It's, like, you don't feel the pain. Like you're literally no, I, paralyzed, numb to it. Like I thought it just paralyzed you, not numbed you. I think it like that's the argument. Like people think they still feel pain when they they think they just numb you, so they can't react. But to that's the pain. what I'm saying. Even if Maybe the gunshot wound that you get, yeah, it's you, you're gonna die so quickly. You're not gonna remember. Oh, All right. Hurt. So Talk. to answer your question, Jules, yeah, they should have tortured this fucking guy. They should have let each of the parents, of all five of these children, have a shot at him with a baseball bat. So, like, the, the firing up. squad should have done, like, his feet and his arms, like, extremities that, like... Shoot him right in the testicles gonna, first. Yeah, that yep. he would live through. It's just, like, each day you get shot in a new, like, yep. <laughs> undying you guys ever, You guys ever hear the story of... Oh, man. What was his name? It's a Greek myth of the guy. Prometheus. Thank you. There we go. Thank you. That was me thanking my other self. Um, Prometheus, every day, would push this massive stone up this mountain, right? And then when he gets to the top, the stone sits, and he collapses, unable to move. And a raven flies down. Takes a shit on his chest. Eats his liver. <laughs> every day. Pecks it out and eats his insides. Oh, that would suck. That sounds like more what Arthur Gary Bishop should have gotten. To me, maybe I sound. And again, they should I, rip off every one of his fingernails. I, I've also said, they like you know, for for these people who are sick and have a clear, twisted sense of sexuality, and I don't, I don't condemn people for that because there's a lot of people who have those sick feelings don't do this. and don't do this. Right. Right? Okay? So, or watch porn. Like, that's what I was Right, who watch porn. Right. Even people who watch, like, torture porn. Right. Again, not my thing, people. but you didn't fucking kill anybody. Yeah. Okay? So there's a difference. And to me, not only did he do it, he then confessed to it. Yeah. And then said, I'm glad y'all caught me because otherwise I'd have done it again. We just referenced in an episode we talked about 
there are few people in my mind who are irretrievably evil and could not be rehabbed into society and made to be a functioning member. This fucking guy ain't it. He doesn't seem to me like he was remorseful and great. Maybe after he talked to the priest, he felt bad about it. Don't care. Too late. Far too late. And I'm not looking at this and saying, oh, everybody who's like him deserves to die. I'm looking at him and saying he deserves to die very, very painfully. And I would have no problem with that. I will be the guy to administer some of the pain if you want me to. <laughs> I've said many times. That's volunteering. I love time alone in a locked room with people like this. I really would. I, I don't think it would be, I think it would be helpful for me to vent out some of my anger <laughs> on someone like this. Were, were you there when you were talking about rage rooms? No, but I'd oh love to be. Please, you were there when we had that conversation. Well, no. Nah. Rage rooms? Oh yes, it was there, and I would like to go. Yeah. Like you know, those like you know, you can go to places now, and I think it's a really cool business idea. Like talk about low overhead, right? Where you can go there and literally just break stuff. Yeah, that's a rage room. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? You can do like fights, yeah. or like they even have like a uh, junker cars, and you can like beat the shit out. Of Love them. that. Yeah. Love that. Make it this guy, and I am there. I am there. I am in like, my underwear, having a good time. All right, I like think bring it up. He said he would do it again and again, and that he like mocked and laughed. That's, that's what. Why, like, there's right. such a that's why I'm so like, like said. I'm angry and I'm like this right. fucking guy. Like he he's well, laughing about it. Was it was like conflicting opinions well, on how he. Like, can we talk about how fast he got executed? He was yeah within four years. Wait, can we say? Can we say? Hold on. He got a speedy trial. Yeah. Not only that, he was executed in the same amount of time that Jordan Brown sat waiting for trial. So go check out the Jordan Brown episode when you get a chance. Shameless plug. Because think about that. Yeah. I mean, they knew that he did it. They not only rushed to convict, they rushed to execute. We have six-week trial in 84, and then 88. He's gone. He gone. So in my opinion, eye for an eye was met. Yeah. This dude deserved to die. He definitely deserved do, to die. Do I think he could have done it a little more torturously. I agree, Jules. to add to that? Was that also your opinion? You also agree that the let's take him out back and rip off his toenails? Yeah, I think he de- death was definitely like the, the only result. appropriate option here. But okay. I think could we have made it like the, why did he get to choose? Or you know what they should have done? Like oh, you choose leave and then just give, oh, give him the just to fuck with him. He shows up like I'm ready, and they're like, all right, bitch, stand over there. And he's like, wait, what? Yeah, why'd you give him the choice? Right. I, yeah. I think I also, and, and tell me if I'm off base here, but I think anybody who hears about crimes committed against children, yeah. it's just horrifying. Yeah. It's like, it is. It's like unfathomable to me. How could you hurt a child? How could you meet a four year old kid? You're sick as fuck. You're like, yeah, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there is no fiber of my being that, that even thinks I don't even like kids and I'm saying there's no fiber of my being that thinks I could ever hurt a child right. ever and not even like this is going to sound strange but it's like these children like just happen upon him you know it wasn't a crime of circumstance you lured these children to you you know like you weren't just like being a creeper at the skating rink watching the children skate nope. also you made a deliberate uh a deliberate decision to murder them. He said, I was going to let them go, and I decided not to. Right, because there were other children that he did molest and let go for whatever reason. He's a psycho. Psycho. 
Yeah, and that that's like an underlying term that we hate to use and say, oh, he's a psycho, but you're like, he really was sick as fuck. Like, yeah, I, I think in some circumstances, there's not another term. Because regardless of the remorse you feel, you didn't feel remorse when these children were crying in front of you, probably begging for their lives. So... Mm, that that just makes it even to me is like so horrifying and so gut wrenching. So I feel like in a way, I fry was not met. We wanted to be. Yeah, hurt. I guess I guess in a way you're right, Lise. Like it could have That's been not equal punishment. To nah, the for what he did. But I do think that ultimately this Honestly, was the death only. Was a gift. Yeah, right, but, but there's the only system. We don't have a worse yeah. punishment. Right. Yeah. That that's Which the highest level of punishment. Unfortunately. And, and and unfortunately, yeah. Like, hey, look. I don't want to be in a society where it's like, yeah, we torture people for fun, you know? Like, that's not cool either. No, it's not. <laughs> that, that's not cool. Um, but, you know, I had a really good chat one time with a professor of mine at Penn State, and we were talking about the death penalty specifically. And he said, death gives no chance. for." And he was ardently against the death penalty, so let me just say that. He, he said, death gives no chance for that person to learn their lesson. Whereas you spend life in solitary confinement, you have nothing but time to think about that. You spend your whole yeah. life yeah, but sitting around. Yeah, is a molester and murderer going to learn a lesson? I don't think so. Probably not. And that's why, that's why I kind of said to him, I was like, yeah. does that piece of shit deserve the chance? Yeah. I'd rather them not be breathing my air no. than like to think, oh, well, he's suffering at least. Yeah. No, but you know what, Jules? That's true, but we spend $52,000 a year to keep an inmate alive. That is taxpayer dollars who's on lockdown 24-7, 23-7. Can't do anything to contribute to society. They get three meals a day. There are people out there who can't feed their kids yep. three meals a day. I'd rather have my tax dollars go there. To them, exactly. To normal functioning people in society who might have had a bad day or had a bad job output something like that not this fucking guy as far as i'm concerned you don't deserve to breathe free air ever again free air it's expensive air matt yeah you ain't wrong that's true well i think we all agree on this one actually i think we do if you have a differing opinion we love to hear it we want to hear i want to hear you guys explain to me why you think too no no not even like in an adversarial way i want somebody to give me a good opinion about that if you're like no you know what he should we should be studying him or we should be using him as an example. Hey, yep. maybe he could be Prometheus. We're like, listen, this is what happens if you <laughs> rape and kill kids. You get dragged up the mountain, they eat your liver, and then you come back down and do it again tomorrow. What if they eat yeah. your liver? You're not coming back down the mountain. I think it was a great myth. I don't think that guy actually lived. <laughs> I would imagine so. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Definitely a really sad one, and we apologize uh, you know, for having to cover it, but you know, it is what it is. Crime is crime is crime is crime, and we gotta talk about it all from yep. the, the nasty monsters like this guy to the other nasty monsters like everybody <laughs> else we've covered. Right. Like that, the that, next guy. Yeah. That's the thing, though, is I think, like I said at the beginning, we are one the of genius. those podcasts that covers the the shit that nobody wants to talk about. And at the end, we make a decision about it, which I think is yeah. really unique, you know? It like, apart yeah. a little bit. It does. And I said, guys meaning like guy, meaning like the next guy, male. But 
That is not always the case, and I don't want anyone to oh, take we it have a lot of we have, right, we have some good And we have some people female. who are actually part of different communities that don't identify with either. True. It's a very interesting True case that. coming up. That yeah. So keep that in mind. We're open to anyone committing crimes. We'll talk and about it. And you're still a piece of shit, regardless of who you are. We still don't like you. Yeah. Um, you but, can call yourself whatever you want. We still don't fuck with you on that level. Nope. On that level. <laughs> what level is that, Matt? If you commit crimes, we're not friends. <laughs> You commit crimes like this, we're not friends. friends. I'm fucking your day up if I meet you. We're not friends. We're not friends. That's going to be the title. You can't come to Christmas. We're not friends. Um, Definitely not Friendsgiving. No. Definitely not, which we got to start talking about. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Rate, review, subscribe, check out our merch. Come join us conversation. Come join us conversation. Come join our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The works. Send us an email if you have any cases that you want us to cover or that you want to be a part of come on our show we love to have you um we love all the opinions especially i mean it makes it even more interesting when we don't agree so we love yeah. all and any opinions we promise uh we'll be kind to you so we'll have an open mind always yeah. yeah like i said i want to hear your opinion whether i agree with it or not i'd love to hear that opinion please well that concludes today's episode y'all i hope everybody has a good Day, noon, morning, evening, night, whatever you are, wherever you're at, we love you and thank you for coming to hang out with us today on this episode of Bye. 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 Bye.